0: Hello there, podcast listeners, and welcome to this month's edition of the Boozy Bracketology Podcast, where we believe in three things. Strong drinks, strong opinions, and crowning champions. And this month, we're going to get ready to get what I've been told by my girlfriend is getting jiggy with it, with our 90s (laughs) alt-rock rocket. We've got a pretty good panelist uh, going for this week. Uh, I've been told all of them have heard the music samplings we've done before. which would put them ahead of our usual uh, standings going into these brackets. (laughs) I myself will be hosting, with my traditional Diet Cokes to help me get through, a much calmer, calmer bracket, since I won't have to worry about my opinions at all. Instead, I'm going to let it turn over to these wonderful panelists here, starting as we usually do on the East Coast. We have a brand newcomer. Jeff, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us what you're drinking tonight?
1: Hi, I'm Jeff Woodhead. I am uh, coming at you from uh, Emerald Isle, North Carolina, uh, where I'm on vacation with my family. I am currently working on a duck rabbit milk stout. Uh, Some wonderful beer from the uh, uh, giant berg of Farmville, North Carolina. It's a nice uh, dark beer for a nice cold evening.
2: Man, a milk stout sounds really good right now. I'm on a beer cleanse, and I just want to drink that. That sounds awesome.
1: It's one of the best. Uh, duck Rabbit's milk stout. If you can ever find it wherever you are, uh, this is uh, uh,
2: one of the best of the genre. Oh, man, I'm looking tomorrow. I'm going to total wine tomorrow to make a, a bourbon run. I'm going to have to look. Well, you just heard
0: him here. And since we know what he's not drinking, why don't we move a little further west and ask Chris? What are you actually drinking tonight?
2: Um, So first off, um, before we get into this recording, the only way Stephen would host is if I came on here and made a mea culpa. Uh, In the last week uh, or the last two weeks since we recorded the holiday movie bracket challenge, I had the chance to go back and rewatch Jingle All the Way and i have made a grave mistake that movie does not hold up it is not a good movie um after watching marvel and dc actually get the animation of someone flying through the air correct i don't know how they got so bad at it i don't know how it was so bad in this movie like they could have gone back and looked at christopher reeve in the original superman and they didn't like they just made Arnold Schwarzenegger. Hell, they could have gone to the freaking Rocketeer, for God's sake. The ending of that movie is ludicrous. It is not a good movie. I will still watch it more than I will watch Mickey's Christmas Carol, but Mickey's Christmas Carol is the better movie. Steven, I have decided to do something new tonight. I am going to be drinking the same bottle for all of the recordings. This is a brand-new bottle. It is from the Sunshine Liquor Company here in Palm Harbor, Florida. This is a store pick. It is a private barrel from Knob Creek. Uh, it is 120 proof, and I'm gonna feel every bit of that 120 proof. Uh, Knob Creek Distilling, I believe, is owned by the Jim Beam Company, but it's actually, you know, what? For, for 120 proof, it's really freaking good. But let's, uh, oh God, Leah's falling asleep. Leah, wake up! What? Wake Hi. up! We we got brackets.
3: Hi, I'm here. I'm Leah. What you drinking? Um, I'm Chris's lovely wife. I am right now drinking water, um, but that's because I was drinking a little uh, Cruzen, uh black cherry rum and Diet Coke earlier, and that is now completed, so now I am drinking water.
2: It went to her head.
0: Sounds delicious for both, and Chris, while I can forgive, I will never forget. I get it. Moving on down the line, we're going to go ahead and say hi to Mike. Mike, what you drinking tonight?
4: Hey, hey, everybody. Uh, tonight, I have... I cannot remember if I had this on the podcast before. I know I've had the brew, but I don't know if I've had this particular beer. Uh, this is from the Clown Shoes Brewery uh, out of Baston, Massachusetts. It is their Undead Party Crasher. It's an American Imperial Stout, so we'll pop that puppy open right here. And this is super good. It's very... Um, it's got a nice, uh, it's got a good uh, bitterness to it that, that I like. It's like, like a combination of the bitterness and the sweetness that's actually really good. Uh, as, you, as long-time listeners know, I'm terrible about desc- uh, describing my beers, but uh, this is a very good American Imperial Stout. Uh, would highly recommend it. And the can is super freaking cool. Uh, it's basically like it's a guy who's all armored up killing zombies. <laughs> and apparently apparently the zombies are at a uh conference of attorneys because there's a sign in the background that says welcome trademark attorneys clown shoes has really really cool labels on their cans so if you ever find if you ever get a chance to, to drink it or find a find it for the label alone it's worth getting but the beer is really good too
2: all their beers they are in the tall cans right the really big the 16 ounce cans
4: yes yeah it's it's a um yeah
0: very good, I'm just gonna admit right now the temptation for me to call you Matt the entire time I was hosting was very, very strong, but I felt I would <laughs> let it go. That takes us out West again for the one that uh, last but not least, Sarah, how are you doing this evening?
5: I'm doing good, Stephen. How are you
0: i'm 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 relaxed. I'm calm. I don't have to worry about any of my babies dying tonight, so
5: I'm so happy for you. So I felt like the only appropriate thing to drink while going through this bracket is a Bud Light, a 40 of Bud Light, because that's all I drank when I listened to this music. However, I could not let any of my hard-earned money go to Bud Light at all. So I have a Great Basin Brewery Chili Baso, which is my favorite beer that they make here. It's a local brewery. Um it's got a little bit of a kick to it like a jalapeno kick and it is just fucking delightful. It is better than Bud Light.
4: Oh god, I love I love pepper beers. That sounds so good. And and Sarah, you you made my heart stop for a second when you said the B word.
5: I didn't think that you would ever believe that I would, but I had to throw it out there cuz <laughs> during this period of my life, I was drinking 40s of Bud Light <laughs> like they were going out of style. <laughs>
2: We've so, all been
1: so my there. buddy and I once brewed a uh, a pepper beer together, and we left the pepper in the bottles after we bottled. And, you know, the first few beers were great. And, of course, you know, I don't drink them that fast. So you know, three or four weeks down the line, we're starting to work <laughs> on the second half of the, the, the batch. And dear God, those were almost undrinkable. Like there, <laughs> there was only one of my friends uh, that, that – who lived in New Orleans for four years, who could actually put up with, with the beers by the time we got through got to bottle like number forty eight or something. It was <laughs> that yeah. so that that whole experience made kinda of soured me on pepper beers for a little bit. But uh man, more power to you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. With that said, I believe we're ready to begin the first region of our nineties, alt rack Bracket, we're going to have a first in uh, the history of the Boozy Bracketology podcast. I'm going to turn it over to the Bracket's creator, Mike, to see if he wants to tell us what exactly is going on this time.
4: (laughs) Okay, yeah, I just wanted to say a few quick things about how this bracket was put together. So obviously, as we all know, music is very subjective. So I I really wanted to try to keep my own opinions out of the actual bracket creation because they were going to come out here. Uh, and i wanted to give a shout out to a uh, reddit user who had put together data related to the billboard charts on the 90s uh alternative uh brackets so um or not the 90s alternative bracket, but he did the 90s alternative billboard charts and he basically weighted all the all the songs based on how how long they'd spent on the billboard top top 20 alternative and uh, which rank they had been. So that the Reddit user's name is—I'm probably messing this up—but Rome comms. Thank you for doing that. So I didn't have to because that had been my original plan. Uh, so that's primarily how this bracket was put together. And then I also relied on some more modern lists that uh, that certain publications printed about looking back to the '90s and determining what you know the best songs were and things like that. And then the play-in games were kind of my opportunity to wedge in just a few songs that I love that just couldn't quite make the cut. And even then, I still had to leave out some heartbreakers. Like, I couldn't wedge in. Uh, Gin Blossom's Hey Jealousy is one that springs to mind that I was just like, I just, I can't quite fit you in because the data doesn't, you didn't, you didn't even chart, and the data just doesn't, doesn't allow that. So, uh, But that being said, I just wanted to say that real quick and give that shout out. I'll turn it back over to Steven to get us going.
0: Fantastic, and get going we will. The order of our panelists tonight will be Sarah, Mike, Chris, Jeff, and Leah. And we're going to go ahead and start with that play-in game. The play-in for the first bracket is Superman's Dead by Our Lady of Peace versus Santa Monica by Everclear. Sarah, how do you feel about it?
5: I'm going in with Everclear Santa Monica. Um, I can play about four chords of that on the guitar and I love it. And Superman Zed always kind of was a little extra whiny to me. So I'm going Everclear.
0: All right. That's one vote for Everclear Santa Monica, Mike, what are your thoughts?
4: Yeah, I, I understand where Sarah's coming from. Rain Maeda, the lead singer of our lady Peace, definitely reigned in the whininess, uh, starting in their two thousands albums. Um, but I, this was actually a tough one for me. I love both of these songs. Uh, I actually own a decent number of Our Lady Peace albums, uh, believe it or not, uh, straight through Healthy and Paranoid Times, which I think is their 2005 release. Uh, so I've listened to a lot of OLP, and I love Superman's Dead. Uh, but I did ultimately decide, I think... Everclear Santa Monica it's just it's a little bit more of a fun song it's it's a little it's a little briefer it gets it gets the job done real quick it, you know you 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 get to rock out and then you uh get to get to move on uh superman's dead it just it's it's got a little bit of that droney quality that was uh common in a lot of the 90s alternative songs but i'm giving my vote to uh Everclear Santa Monica
0: and with two votes, Everclear takes a commanding lead to start with. Is it going to go ahead and knock Our Lady of Peace out, Chris?
2: Uh, Superman's Dead sounds like he's saying, ow, ooh, ooh, ooh. Like someone is literally smashing this guy's balls with a kryptonite sledgehammer. Um, I don't like this song. I don't. I- I'm sorry. I like, I like Ninety Alternative. I don't like this song. Our Lady of Peace, Mike, they had more than one album. I'm shocked. It's not my cup of tea. No, Everclear is one of my favorite bands and Santa Monica might not be my favorite Everclear song, but it's probably in the top 10. And I unabashedly, I love Everclear. Move it on so we can unfortunately probably lose to the one seed, but move it on anyway. Everclear, Santa Monica.
0: And with that vote, Everclear, Santa Monica will be moving on, but we still like to hear the opinions of all of our panelists. So let's find out what Jeff has to say about this matchup.
1: So uh, Our Lady Peace, interestingly enough, uh, their uh, their second e- album that uh, uh, Superman's Dead is not off of, but a song that I would have voted for, had it been in here, called One Man Armies, uh, it was off of, uh, has the second best related uh, fish-related title of any album I know of, uh, Happiness is Not a Fish That You Can Catch. Uh, I just love that album title, for whatever reason. Uh the best fish-related one being uh, REO Speedwagon's classic 1977 album, You Can Tune a Piano, But You Can't Tune a Fish. Uh, the uh, um, But yeah, I mean, Santa Monica is just such a fun song, such a great song to play along with, sing along with, even as much as I want to push Our Lady Peace forward and introduce people to how interesting and and fun this that band really is superman's dead is actually just not the place to to do that uh there there are several other songs that i would put on the list before that so i gotta go with everclear on this one
0: that's a fourth vote for everclear leah is it going to be a sweet
3: yeah it is uh there's only one P song that i can really think of off the top of my head and it wasn't superman is dead Um, Everclear is great. I saw them in concert last year, and they still put on a good show. Um, so Santa Monica is going to get my vote.
0: All right. Santa Monica has played its way into the official bracket, but there is no rest for the weary as they're going right up as the number 16th seed against the number one seed, Nirvana's Smells Like Team Spirit. And for this matchup, we are going to be
4: starting with Mike. So, it's a tale that every 90s kid knows. The 1990s actually started in January of 1992. And they started when Nirvana's Nevermind album knocked off Michael Jackson's album at the number one charts, officially signaling the start of the alternative era. If you're anything like me, you over the past... 20 years or so, you've probably listened to alternative rock radio and you've experienced something like this. We're your source for new alternative, immediately followed by, and you're sitting here like, Why are you still fucking playing Nirvana? <laughs> Smells Like Teen Spirit is an awesome song that has just been drilled into our heads so much that it is really hard to remember how great that song is because it's just been so overplayed, even in this century. That said, there is no universe in which it does not deserve to move uh, on past uh, Everclear, Santa Monica, as, as much fun as that song is. Nirvana smells like Teen Spirit. It's the, it's kind of the song that, in a way, started it all. So move it forward.
0: Nirvana smells like Teen Spirit comes out like a number one seed, picking up its first vote without much struggle. Will it get a second one, Chris?
2: Uh, so Nirvana smells like Teen Spirit. Isn't Nirvana's best song? Uh, there's gonna be a theme here in this bracket, but to me, it's not Nirvana's best song. It's not a heart shaped box, it's not come as you are. Yes, it's iconic, it's a phenomenal song, and it is overplayed as hell, and that's not a bad thing. Uh, the fact that it still gets radio play on all not even an oldie station, but on like alternative rock stations is actually kind of cool. And then you have like Everclear is like my favorite band. They're one of my favorites and it makes no sense at all because they're not like this iconic band. Like everyone said, oh, I love the Beatles or I, for me, Everclear and the offspring are like two of my favorite bands. Um, and while Santa Monica, like I said earlier, it's not my favorite Everclear song, it's in the top ten. Uh, And I'm going to go out and say this. I don't feel like Art gets the credit that he deserves for being the only one keeping that band going. Not only going, but actually going well. Their album, the 2012 album, Invisible Stars, is actually a solid album, top to bottom. It's their best top to bottom album they've ever put out. And it came in 2012. This band's been around since like 1990. I'll take flack for this, and I don't care. I I would rather listen to Santa Monica 35 times than I would Smells Like Teen Spirit. I'm going Santa Monica.
0: Oh, and a surprise long-distant basket for Santa Monica against Smells Like Teen Spirit. Let's see what Jeff has to say about this matchup.
1: So uh Mike pointed out that uh smells like Teen Spirit is overplayed on the radio, which uh is potentially true. Santa Monica is overplayed on my guitar. Uh so I guess that kind of evens it out a little bit. Uh man, I this is this is a challenge for me because I think uh um you know, Chris echoed what I think about Smells Like Teen Spirit. It's not my favorite Nirvana song. Uh, I would have thrown lithium in with the two that he mentioned. Uh, but just for the history behind it, I think I've got to go with it. I'm I'm sorry to Santa Monica. I love you so much. You were such a part of my, uh, my high school and co- early college experiences. But I can't let smells like teen spirit go out in the first round i'm sorry it 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 sucks you were underseeded horribly you should have been a two or three seed but here we are and a reluctant second vote gives
0: nirvana smells like teen spirit the lead leah what are your thoughts
3: So I did not grow up with Nirvana. I knew about Kurt Cobain and I knew the band, but I didn't know any of their songs and I didn't actually know, know them. until about eight years ago when Chris and I visited Seattle and we uh, went to their like pop culture museum and they had a huge like history of grunge in Seattle kind of display. And um, it was actually really cool. And we went and visited the house where Cobain died. And I don't know, like it was just, it was just really cool learning all this stuff for the first time as like an adult who didn't grow up with this stuff but kind of knew it existed but didn't really know the details um as a song I know Smells Like Teen Spirit is probably the correct choice to have on this list because it is one of the most well-known songs I guess by the band um I don't actually like the song, though. Like, I know that it's iconic, and I know they play it on, like, my 90s on Nine Station a lot. And I actually change the channel every time it comes on. Um, and I feel bad about it because I feel like I should like it, but I just don't. Um, but I do like Santa Monica, so um, objectively... I feel like Nirvana has to get my vote, but subjectively, Santa Monica is going to get my vote, so I'm going with Santa Monica.
0: And with that, in a one matchup, we have our first 2-2 tie going into the final vote, which means, since this is an episode of Boozy Bracketology, I have to ask our panelists would anybody like to use their round of 64 buzzer beater to try to convince Sarah to vote the way they believe is best? Oh, I'm getting a lot of shaky Negative. heads. All right, so all on your own then, Sarah. How are you going to vote?
5: I was ex- excited to learn that I didn't know that Chris and Leah loved uh, Everclear so much so that was an exciting fun fact to learn about my friends I was also going to talk about the experience music project in Seattle and I went um, I was probably about 17 18 years old and it had a lot of Kurt Cobain's notes and things that he wrote in the songs and I think the thing that stood out to me the most is he wrote a lot but he also drew pictures for things so it'd be like a, a line but then multiple pictures in it too which I thought was pretty cool I grew up a, I didn't say I grew up, I was a little bit growed up already, but a Nirvana fan. Um, I kind of, when this came out, I was like, oh, this is, you know, the iconic song. And then I'm like, well, it's overplayed. But then kind of every time it comes on, I do rock out to it. So I have to go with Snow Like Teen Spirit.
2: I can't fault you there. I was torn up about it, to be honest with you.
3: I I dig Everclear though, and I'm I'm really happy to hear that you're such a fan. That's they cool. were they were great in concert last year. Let me tell you. I also want the
5: details of what made Lisa uh, Leah go to an Everclear concert, please.
3: If you could let me oh, know cool. how that went down. It was at Epcot. Epcot. It was <laughs> to eat to the beat. So we ate around the world and then sat for a concert, and yeah, it was, and was he, great.
2: Didn't Art? Uh, he just got diagnosed nice. with MS, right?
3: I think so. Like re- very recently.
2: Very recently, yeah. He's he's losing his ability to play. So that's gonna be for me. It's gonna be a sad day when he can't perform anymore. Because mm. I he. He puts on a really good show, and he puts his heart into that band. He's the only member left. Everyone else is replaced on a regular basis, but he puts on a hell of a show.
4: That sucks. I didn't know that. He yeah. he, he absolutely does.
1: Mike, when was it that we saw him back? It was like 2000, 2001 uh, at the, uh, the yeah. Pyramid in Memphis.
4: 2001 in Memphis. Uh,
1: yep. Yeah. Uh, Opening think for Matchbox, with Matchbox 20, 20, I 20,
4: I believe. That's when okay. I saw them.
2: <laughs> It was, two, yeah, it was Yeah, it was. It was the. It was the tooth. No, it two thousand and one because I saw that show because I was supposed to go with my high school girlfriend, and a week before I broke up with her <laughs> via a <laughs> note in a locker. Yeah, that was fun. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like a classy guy.
4: Yeah, boy, that was a that was a weird show. I believe it was Lifehouse. Everclear and Matchbox 20. It was Lifehouse, that's right,
2: yes. <laughs> it was, when, our, when Everclear walked out on stage at the Tampa show, he literally says, I know all you old people are here to see Matchbox 20, but if you're over the age of 30, get the fuck out of here. Yep. I, well, I, 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 Chris I like. Chris and
0: Jeff it. realize that they've already once met in a men's room at an Everclear <laughs> concert, we can say that Sanity won this one out just barely, and Nirvana Smells Like Teen Spirit gets through three to two. That brings up our next matchup, the number eight seed of Stone Temple Pilots' Interstate Love Song versus the number nine, Machine Head by Bush. And this one will begin with Chris.
2: All right. Breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in and breathe out. Again, with bands not having their best songs on the list, I cannot believe Machine Head made this list over Glycerin. Like, come on. Glycerine is the more iconic song by Bush. And then speaking of of matchups that I really want to see, how do we not have Glycerine versus Vaseline? Come on. They're both on the exact same albums as the songs that are listed here. Um I, there's a a, a a sad, really, really sad trend in in rock music and alternative rock with with frontmans that sadly aren't with us anymore and Scott Weiland just couldn't—the He the guy was a, a slave to his devils, but I will stand by it. Stone Temple Pilots, in their heyday, is one of the best rock bands I've ever heard. And this song, Interstate Love song, not my favorite Stone Temple Pilots song, but again, it's up there. It's so much better than Machine Head. Why couldn't you give me Bush's Glycerine? Like, I would rather listen to that song 47 times and have to sit through Machine Head one more. I'm sorry. I— uh, Jeff, you're looking at you can't even look me in the eye right now, sir. You can't look me in the eye, and I'm okay with it. Interstate Love Song's a better song. Scott Weiland is a better front man. Again, come at me. I don't care. I, I am gonna miss listening to his music. Uh I wish he could have gotten his demons under control, but he just, he just couldn't. And I will never know what that fight's like. Move Stone Temple Pilots on, and rightfully so.
0: So I think that was a vote for Stone Temple Pilots with Stone Temple Pilots scratched out and Glycerin written underneath. But I'm going to count it as Stone Temple Pilots. And then we're going to go ahead and ask Jeff what his thoughts are.
1: Yeah, Chris, uh, when I was going through the the, the 17 songs of this bracket, I think there were only like four of them where I could say, Oh, yeah, that's totally that band's best song. (laughs) The the rest of them, I I think I'm with you on this, where I'm like, man, there's so many other songs that they could have picked, but, you know, uh, data-driven, and these are the songs that charted, and I guess that just means that uh, the uh, rest of the music fans on Earth are dumb. Uh, But for this matchup specifically, I kind of like both of these songs. Uh, I think my uh, it's what's going to push me over towards Stone Temple Pilots interstate love song is. Not necessarily that I like it more than the other one, I kind of they're you know very even as an eight, nine should be. Uh, but I do have a very uh, fun memory of one of my fellow panelists singing interstate love song karaoke, and I think that's going to push it over. So uh, so Interstate Love Song gets my vote.
0: Bringing up a second vote for Stone Temple Pilots Interstate Love Song. Leah, is it going to go away, or is there still a chance for Machine Head?
3: No, Bush is horrible. I do not like that band. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. It's, they're just not good. I've never actually... I don't, I, if I'm being honest. Wow, I don't, the
1: opinions. Yeah.
3: I actually don't like either one of these bands. I had a hard time in this grunge section of the the bracket. I think I'm better on the right side of the bracket than the left side. I'm more familiar with those songs. Um, but the, I... I, I hear interstate love song a lot on my radio stations and i can usually get about halfway through and then i change the channel but i don't change it immediately um and then i listened to machine head on youtube and i was like garbage like i had to turn it off immediately so uh, yeah my vote's definitely for interstate love song because i can tolerate it more than the other one
2: hey mike can we get dan ortiz on the phone i need a freaking divorce lawyer
3: i'm here for the hot takes
1: I think Dan can only help you if, uh, if if you're trying to immigrate away from her.
2: <laughs> it's true.
1: All right. So with a third
0: vote and what's probably going to be a lumpy night on the couch, we are going to be moving on. The Interstate Love Song. But, of course, we want to hear from all of our wonderful panelists. So I'm going to see what's
5: going on with Sarah. I like Bush if all of his songs were about two minutes shorter. Um, you can only take it for so long. They're good, but there's got to be like a four to five minute cap on those things. Uh, Stone Temple Pilots all the way. I am a big Stone Temple Pilots fan. And Interstate Love Song is moving on.
0: It is indeed moving on. But Mike, do you have any thoughts about this matchup before we go
4: ahead? Oh, gosh, so many. Um, for, First of all, I, I did want to uh, clarify... Uh, Machine Head and Glycerine were neck and neck. Glycerine actually had the slight edge in terms of 90s chart time. Where it didn't have the edge is modern downloads. Believe it or not, Machine Head has more modern downloads, and that actually pushed it over the top as far as Bush songs go. Are you talking uh, about millennials
2: as, caused this to happen? Because I will totally uh, yeah, believe uh, that.
1: Yep, no, basically. I'm I'm assuming that what what caused it to happen was sports teams playing the clip of this song to pump their really, crowd up during breaks.
4: That, that that's really exactly what exactly what it is, uh, Jeff. Um, and Stone Temple Pilots with Interstate Love Song. It actually surprised me, but in terms of charts, it wasn't close. Nothing, uh, nothing else of their of theirs got anywhere near Interstate Love Song. Uh, I'm actually, I love Stone Temple Pilots. I I Purple is. Probably a top 20 album for me all time. Love, love, love that album. Much more so than Bush's 16 Stone, which is the album that featured both Machine Head and Glycerine. Uh, I, so I'm very happy that Stone Temple palette mo- is moving on, especially because it was going to pain me. I listened to both these songs again today, and I was like, shit, some- something is pulling me towards Machine Head. So I was actually... Even though I originally wrote down Stone of the Pilots, I was actually going to have to give my vote to give my vote to Machine Head, uh, which I will still do to give it uh, to prevent the the sweep, just uh, to keep it uh, as a little bit less of a uh, total uh, landslide. But um, I'm happy that Stone of the Pilots is moving on. I'm looking forward to talking about them much more in the next round.
0: Machine Head comes back with a late bucket, but far too late to get them back in the game and stone temple pilots interstate love song will be moving on to the round of 32 meanwhile we'll be moving on to our first 5-12 matchup will this be the 5-12 upset of the bracket we'll find out soon number five is sound gardens black hole sun versus the 12th seed james addiction Bincott caught stealing and we're beginning this matchup
1: with jeff to echo chris's uh uh Inevitable. This is not my this is not my favorite song from this band comment. I, I would much rather see a fell on black days versus mountain song matchup here, but man, I I uh I think this one was probably of all of the first round matchups for me, the easiest one to pick. Uh Bing Hot Stealing is an okay song, I guess but black hole sun is an absolute classic and I'm going to have to go with that. A quick vote for the number five seed. Leah, your
0: thoughts.
3: Um, black hole sun is fine. It puts me in that moody mood and makes me want to walk really slowly down the streets of Seattle with my hair blowing all over the place as I defeatedly stare at my feet or gaze off into the abyss. Um, Been Caught Stealing, I did not like. And I watched the video for it today, and I did not like that either. Um, So I think Black Hole Sun is the better grunge song of the two. So that's the one I'm voting for.
0: Black Hole Sun picks up a second vote based on its relative grunginess. Sarah, your thoughts.
5: Yeah, I kind of agree with Jeff on this. I don't think that Been Caught Stealing... Uh, was a better song to put on here, but yeah, Black Hole Sun, it just kind of, that's almost like the nineties to me wrapped up. Uh Anytime I think of music from that time, I think of this song. So uh Black Hole Sun.
0: And with a third vote, Black Hole Sun will be moving on, but let's see if they can pull off the sweep. Mike, will they make
5: it?
4: Uh, so every, everybody said it. They're definitely right. Uh, Jane's Addiction uh, has Mountain Songs better. Uh, Jane Says is better. Even uh, Perry Farrell's side project, Porno for Pyrrhus, has a couple better songs like Pets than uh, Ben Caught Stealing Me. It okay, has that iconic like dogs pets. barking intro. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of dogs barking, but it has that iconic dogs barking intro. It's a cool song. I actually really dig it. I didn't like it. Back in the '90s when I when it was more popular, but as I've heard it more and more recently, I actually kind of dig the song. Soundgarden, same thing. I, as, as great of a song as Black Hole Sun is, uh, Jeff mentioned, "Fell on Black Days," "The Day I Tried to Live." Those are both off the same album. Those are better songs. "Burden in My Hand" is a better song. Like that, both that is that is absolutely 100% agree. Uh, why this was database? Because in my opinion, uh, there are almost so many of these bands have better songs but the clear winner is black hole sun uh, to me between these two. uh, And I will talk more about it later. And uh, some of my fond memories of it
0: with four votes, black hole sun pulls out a commanding lead. Chris, they go in for the sweep.
2: Yeah. So I'm going to spend this time talking about something else because it just kind of hit me that the, the winner of the last round, the winner of this round, and presumably the winner of the next round, all three of them are sadly no longer with us. And that hurts me. It really does. Uh, um, we know Chris Cornell is going on to the next round. I'm going to say this. Uh, this one's actually pretty easy for me because Perry Farrell's singing bothers me. I don't I don't like his voice. It's not my cup of tea. I've never went deep on their catalog and really been caught stealing is no different. I don't like the guy's voice. I'm sorry. In fact, the for me, the closest thing to being interesting about Jane's addiction is the fact that Dave Navarro was once married to Carmen Electra. That's it. That's the closest thing they've ever done that's interesting to me. Now Black Hole Song it, Black Hole Sun is perhaps Chris Cornell's most recognized song. Um throughout the various bands and side projects he's been a part of, that song is iconic. It's also it's somehow very catchy, and I know that he said in interviews the song has absolutely no like deeper meaning. Um it was something that he heard he misheard a news anchor say, and he wrote a song about it. Um it doesn't matter. The lyrics are somehow like they're they're they kind of this this really line of being beautiful lyrics but they're very haunting and if that song is stuck in my head I'm not mad about it so I'm going Black Hole Sun hands down
0: so Black Hole Sun will be moving on crushing Jane's addiction but as you said if you've been with Carmen Electra you're actually the winner anyway
2: (laughs) Sarah you want to say anything
5: I'm a winner
1: (laughs) Um let let's just uh for the record say that my twelve-year-old daughter got uh, Carmen Electra card in the uh apples to apples game we were playing last night. Oh no and had no effing idea who she was. <laughs>
0: oh no. Well, now that we all feel sad and old, let's move on to the next matchup, which is our number four seed, the cranberries zombie versus the 13 seeds garbage, stupid girl. Leah? What are your thoughts?
3: I love the song Zombie. Love, love, love. I'm so glad it's on this list. Um, And unlike a lot of songs that are on this list, um, I actually even enjoy a lot of the covers of Zombie. Um, And I was never a garbage fan. They make me uncomfortable. I don't know why. Um, And Stupid Girl is not a song I would put on a playlist, but Zombie is. So my vote is for Zombie.
0: All right, that's one vote for your number four seed, Zombie. Sarah, what are you voting for?
5: Speaking of being sad and old, uh, I have this song, uh, Zombie, on one of my playlists at work quite a bit, and a kid, a kid that I work with hates the Cranberries, and he hates the song because he told me that his dad would listen to it nonstop, so he hates the Cranberries, which makes me feel incredibly old. But it's a great song. I mean, even if you take out what the song's actually about, which is like war in their time, it's catchy. It, it's a good song to sing. I was never a garbage fan. Um, but, and I, I like I said, I still listen to Zombie pretty regularly now. So it gets my vote.
0: A second vote for Zombie brings it close to clinching this. Mike, how are you voting?
4: Well, first of all, we're we're doing a 90s alternative bracket here. Feeling old is kind of the name of the game. <laughs> when you realize that all of these songs are more than 20 years old. Uh, you know, I like everybody else has said, I was never a huge garbage fan, but I think that uh as has been pointed out in just about every other matchup so far, the big issue here is garbage has so many better songs. I Think I'm Paranoid is a much better song. I'm Only Happy When It Rains is a much better song. Push It is a much better song. Like, I, Stupid Girl was always the garbage song. I was like, ugh, and changed the radio station. Cranberry Zombie is, I feel like it's a very, it's just an excellent song. Uh, it, does, it does have a, a couple interesting things. First of all, like, Cranberries, the Cranberries overall aren't really a super grungy band. At least of the songs that I know of them, and granted, I'm mostly only familiar with their singles. But this is the only single that I'm familiar with uh, that springs to mind that sounds grungy. But it definitely has that grungy thing where it, it, it you know, it drones on, and it has the extended uh, instrumental instrumental part and a lot of the distorted guitars and everything like that. Um, but yeah, Zombie I think is definitely the better song in this case, uh, and uh, I think with that, it's going to be moving on.
0: It will be moving on with that. Strange that, as you listed the best garbage songs, you didn't mention their James Bond song. But okay, I'll I'll live with that. And we'll move on to Chris to see what he thinks about all this too.
2: Uh, was the garbage song they did that was not a Timothy Dalton uh, James Bond? Right? That must have been a I, it was, no. It wasn't James with
0: the Bond. It was not with the best James Bond. You're correct. That's the official stance of this podcast. I believe Timothy Dalton best James Bond. Right, Chris? About it. <laughs>
2: boozybracketology at gmail.com if you want to disagree with Steven. Um so this one was originally gonna be like a slam dunk in my head. Zombie's iconic, and after Dolores O'Riordan died, I feel like that song re-entered the public consciousness and like it's been a couple years since that happened and it hasn't left. I think it's just it's a really iconic song. It really is solid. And then I remember listening to Stupid Girl when I was a kid and I I I hated that song. I did not like it. I didn't get it. And I'll tell you, I went back and listened to it recently. It's actually a pretty damn good song. I really did enjoy it, which made this a lot harder to kind of kind of come to grips with in my head. I will say, Mike, I think this is a little bit of a cop out having two of the only female fronted bands go head to head in the first round. Um, say what you want about diversity, but Mr. Mike Mott does not care. Uh, back to the point here, though. Um, Zombie gets my vote. The song is iconic, and as I can say, like it always gets stuck in my head. No, <laughs> that was entirely
4: unnecessary. I w- I would like to move that that be stricken from the record. No, no, we're keeping it on the record so that you have
0: motion to... rejected. <laughs> <laughs> And <laughs> finishing off this round, Jeff. What are your thoughts?
1: All right. Zombie gets the sweep. I mean, this one was one another pretty easy one for me to decide. Um Mike, I will say, uh, so if you're looking for other cranberry songs that that go into the grunge territory, uh cue up promises, cue up ridiculous thoughts, those are both, you know, solid rock songs. Um I'll also say that, uh, you know, of course, after Dolores O'Riordan left us, uh, I played the zombie video several times. She's actually playing the solo at the end. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that 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 you know she could also shred. <laughs> you, you know, not, that uh, not only does she have this iconic voice, that that you hear and you immediately recognize oh yeah that that's her that's the cranberries that's that's Dolores O'Riordan but she, but she can freaking play guitar super well too and you know you don't see much uh, in terms of front people male or female who can both sing and shred so you know props to that
0: crops all around for an amazing guitarist and a great singer and a song that's moving on to your round of 32 the Cranberry zombie which means that we're coming up with our six versus 11 matchup which is jeremy by pearl jam versus tomorrow by silver chair and leading us off in this matchup is sarah
5: when i was going through this list this matchup was the one that i stopped at Um, And I've been trying to talk it through to myself since. And I I think what it boils down to, I have to vote for the song that's on the list versus the band. Uh, I had that going through my head on a few of these. Well, I like the band, but I like this one song more. And I think that's where it's going to put me here. So I'm glad I get to go first and let you guys figure this out. I love the introduction to Tomorrow by Silverchair. I love it. I can listen to it a hundred times. I like that song more than I like Jeremy. I do not like Silverchair more than I like Pearl Jam. But if we have to go based on the songs on this list, I, just, I think Tomorrow was a, a wonderful song. I just absolutely love that song. So my vote does go to Silverchair.
0: No ah, surprise, first basket from the number eleven seed, pulling up to an early lead. Mike, what do you want to vote for?
4: No, I, I Sarah makes a very good point. In a lot of these matchups, the it, so many of it, so much of it comes down to the individual songs as opposed to the band. Like, which way are you going to approach it? It's and that's a, that's a personal decision. Each person gets to take it a different way. Uh, for me, that is not the case here. Uh, it's, it's both, they both is my preferred band out of the two and it's also my preferred song. Um, silver chair is primarily to me when I think of silver chair, I'm like, oh yeah, they were the band that got really big because the lead singer was only 15 years old. And that was super cool. Uh, tomorrow I would not consider their, their best song. I liked Anna's song better. Uh, I liked, uh, the greatest View better. Uh, tomorrow is still a very good song. Jeremy's also not. I I don't know if it's the best Pearl Jam song, but when I think of Jeremy, I think of that video. Like that video still haunts me with with Eddie Vedder like wailing and like the and the, the flames and everything like that. And if you've ever seen the unedited version of that video where they actually show the kid like right before he's about to do what he's going to do, putting the gun and ah, oh, it will haunt you. It Jeremy is. Jeremy is just one of those songs that continually sticks with you. Um, it's, I, I think, I would probably, for a long time, I considered it my favorite Pearl Jam song. I don't, I, I haven't really reevaluated that opinion, so I don't know if I would necessarily change that. But Jeremy's a phenomenal song, so I'm moving forward with Jeremy.
0: And with its first vote, Jeremy ties it up, which means we got a one-one game going into Chris.
2: I'm torn. I'm, I love, I absolutely love both these songs. I, I think uh, Silver Chair's Tomorrow is undoubtedly their biggest hit. We finally got a band where their biggest hit is on here, and it's because their their biggest hit is Tomorrow. Um, when I typed Silver Chair into my YouTube music app to kind of give you a, a, a hint as to how big of a hit it was for them, the first two songs that came up when I typed in Silver Chair were both the same song from the same album. It was the third song down from a different album that was their number three hit. Um, But it's a great song. It really is. But, like, come on. Eddie Vedder is one of Chicago's favorite sons. Uh, fronting Pearl Jam is a concert that I... Watching him front Pearl Jam would be a concert that I dream of seeing. But you want to know what kind of took this from me? And I've never done this before. Uh, I've listened to Jeremy for as long as I can remember. Go read. And I'm going to tell everyone here. Go read what led Eddie Vedder to write Jeremy. Because that will break your freaking heart. It is one of the saddest things I've ever seen. It will send you down a depressive rabbit hole. But the fact that he took this this isolated news story out of Texas and wrote a song about it is insane. And then he encapsulated it, as Mike said, in the video. Like, Go read what that's about and tell me that song doesn't mean more to the world than tomorrow by Silverchair. And if Silverchair is up against a lot of other songs with this bracket, it moves on, but to me it's not even close. And I love Tomorrow. Jeremy Spoken, move it on.
0: Jeremy has spoken, but Jeff hasn't yet. So let's go ahead and hear what he has to say.
1: Yeah, I think uh you know, having grown up in that period of time where school shootings started to become like part of our national consciousness. And even though like Jeremy was recorded in 92, it was a little bit before a lot of that, but it took on this new meaning as, as that those horrors really started to come into, uh, our consciousness, especially as, you know uh, you yeah, I was going through high school. I graduated in 1999. Uh, there are several high profile shootings. And of course, in 99, we had uh, Columbine High School in Colorado, Littleton, uh, that whole thing. You know, and this song, this song that had existed long before became a lot more salient in my mind in, in terms of. How to? I mean, you can't make sense of shit like that. But just in terms of its importance as a song to folks of of, of my age and of our generation. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you got to pick Jeremy just for that reason because of uh, of all of the the things that started happening after after it came out that made it so. I want to say important, because it feels silly to call a a, a four-minute piece of commercial art important. But it is. It is. It just is. Um, So yeah, Jeremy gets my vote.
0: And with that, Jeremy will be moving on. But we'd be remiss if we didn't hear Leah's thoughts on it.
3: Well, um... Jeremy is not one of the songs, um, that I normally would listen to. It does play on my radio stations quite a bit. Probably at least once a week I'll hear it on the radio. Um, I get that it's iconic. I don't necessarily enjoy it, but I apparently, after listening to all of you guys in here in the background, maybe it's not one of those songs you're supposed to enjoy. It's supposed to mean something more. Um, so good thing it didn't come down to me, but you guys kind of used your buzzer beater <laughs> on me because I definitely was gonna go with uh, Silverchair, that the band. Silverchair, because um, I like Tomorrow better, and I would listen to it way more. But you guys kind of sold me on uh, Jeremy by hearing all the background about it, um, and I definitely want to hear more about it now. So uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change my vote at the last minute and go with uh, Jeremy and Pearl Jam.
0: And interestingly enough. Pure Pressure gets another vote for Jeremy, so let that sink in. But it will be moving on to our round of 32 over Silver Chairs tomorrow. And we will go on to our number three versus number 14 matchup. That's going to be the Smashing Pumpkins, 1979 versus Possum Kingdom by the Tonys. And beginning this round is going to be Mike.
4: Uh, so, yeah, um... This is one of those uh, matchups where I think that we do have the best the best song by at least one of these bands here. I don't. I mean, I know the Toadies had another minor hit whose name is currently escaping me, but Possum Kingdom is, uh, I think, very clearly. When I'm away. Considered... What was it, Jeff? When I'm away. When I'm away. Yep, yep,
2: yep. And that's why Jeff's on the show.
4: <laughs> but no, Pop- Possum Kingdom is like the Toadies. Like that is. That is their iconic song and it is it is quintessential early early 90s grunge like it just has like it's it's a very basic chord progression and they break it down in a couple different ways and it's you know it's 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 me- it's certainly memorable for me. I've always felt like it just drones on a little too long. That is another thing that can be uh, said about a lot of grunge songs. Like the like grunge songs, they were slow and sludgy in a lot of cases, and they just went on a little bit too long. 1979 by the Smashing Pumpkins, probably not their best song. I would give that to, I would say, probably Tonight Tonight off the same album, uh, is would be my favorite, uh, or today off of uh, Siamese dream, but 1979 is just one of those songs that, um, that takes me to a, a place and time and a feeling, uh, which is not 1979. Cause I wasn't quite alive yet. Um, but is about 1995, 96, give or take. I, 1979 has another has that similar quality to Possum Kingdom in that it's a very basic chord progression repeated over and over again. I, it, but it it comes in, it makes its point, and it and it gets out, and it's just more memorable to me. It's more iconic to me, uh, and it would really feel fucking weird if we had Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Soundgarden in the next round, and we didn't have Smashing Pumpkins. So I'm giving this to 1979.
0: So, nineteen seventy nine picks up its first vote. Chris, how are you going to vote?
4: So,
2: Possum Kingdom is actually a very fun song. I'd follow to make this clear. I would follow him around that lake tonight, or literally any night. But come on, the toadies—I'd follow them. I—I'd never follow that guy around the bat behind the boathouse. I don't want to know what his dark secret is, unless it involves Justine hanging out with freaks and ghouls. Nineteen seventy nine is a classic and catchy song and I say that despite not being a Smashing Pumpkins fan. If 1979 is on I'm not changing the station. I'm going to listen to it through and through. And Possum Kingdom I kind of have to be in the right mood for it. 1979 gets my vote. That killed with hardcore music fans by the way.
0: We will take Chris's word for it as all the hardcore music fans we brought in to be panelists remain silent
4: throughout. I I loved it. I was just on mute.
1: I I was entertained as well. I got to give you you credit for the references.
4: Keep them coming, Chris. I will treat you well, my sweet angel.
1: (laughs) So help me, Moses. Uh, I'm I'm Jewish. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I can't follow that, so I'm just going to say it's Jeff's turn. I'm going somewhere with this, I swear. So I suck at lullabies. I have two children, one twelve, one two. And you know, when it comes to singing them to bed at night, I've I've generally been responsible for the most part for the bedtime routine for both of them. And I suck at lullabies. So, you know, I'm not gonna pull out any of the, you know, random Mother Goose, Old McDonald, Had a Farm bullshit. I'm just going to go with what I know. I have sung both of my children to sleep many, many, many times over with 1979. Uh, it, it's uh, a song that, for whatever reason, works perfectly for that context, but has stuck in my head so much as a, a song of of hope, of possibility, of a lot of so many just has so many great associations in my mind that I can actually make it all the way through the lyrics for one thing. And, and, and for another, that I want to share that with the, the the tiny being that I'm currently either holding in my arms or placing into her crib at that particular point in time. This was the hardest decision of the first round for me, and that speaks to how much I love Possum Kingdom, because any song that can be up there with a go-to lullaby song for my daughters is seriously a great song. So all the love to Possum Kingdom in the world, but 1979 has to take it for me.
0: and with a third vote for 1979 possum kingdom has been put to bed but we still want to hear from the rest of our panelists leah what are your thoughts
3: yeah my vote's gonna be for 1979 as well Um, i'm not a huge smashing pumpkins fan um but i actually do think that 1979 is one of their best songs and um i've never even heard of toadies before this list so i uh, had to had to do some research to, to to hear the song and find the video for it. Um, so then I think just Smashing Pumpkins in general as a band deserves to make it to the next round. So my vote is for 1979.
0: 1979, picking up its fourth vote. Sarah, do we have a sweep?
5: Yeah, I I guess so. I like Possum Kingdom. It is, it's a little aggressive for me. at sometimes I think Chris or someone said, you just kind of have to be in the mood. Um, 1979, I don't have strong feelings for either. It kind of also annoys me sometimes, but it's not overly aggressive. Uh, I don't know why. I I never just really loved the Smashing Pumpkins either, but I definitely, I mean, as soon as you hear the intro or you see the title, you know this song. So I'll, we'll go Smashing Pumpkins. We'll give it the sweep
0: and a sweep it does smashing pumpkins 1979 moving on to your round of 32 that brings up our seventh seed lightning crashes by live versus the 10th seed creep by radiohead not tlc and beginning this round is going to be chris
2: You know, I can feel my controversial opinions coming around again. And this time I'll say, you know, I'm not a big Radiohead fan. I will give it to him. Creep is probably my favorite Radiohead song. But, like, that's not hard to do because I don't really like Radiohead. I'm sorry it's not my cup of tea. Lightning Crashes, to me, is actually a really, really solid song. And for some reason, for a seven ten seed... Why does it feel like the seven seed is underrated the seven seed is the underdog here? This is like a seven seed conference winner going up against a ten seed, like number four in the SEC type of matchup. It's not it shouldn't feel like the seven seed is an underdog, but it feels like it is. It shouldn't, but it kind of feels that way. Um for me, and this this is gonna I'm not I'm not trying to get mopey or emotional, but the the lyrics and the, the meaning behind the uh, song lightning crashes is about the cycle of life it's about life and death and reincarnation and coming back and after the year i've had just damn it that song makes me feel everything right now um and like everything in my life is still a little bit raw but it tugs on every single heartstring i have i went back and listened to that song and i cried a couple days ago when i was prepping for this Lightning Crashes, to me right now in my life, is a great song, and I can't vote against it. And the fact that it's up against Radiohead makes this pretty damn easy. Lightning Crashes, move it on.
0: Well, we'll have to see if it moves on. It's going to need two more votes. And the first one that's going to give the opportunity to do that is Jeff.
1: So, uh, man, I wish I could just pretend that this was selling the drama versus Paranoid Android here. And then it would be a lot more fun for me because this, both of these songs are like my least favorite single <laughs> by the, by that particular band. Uh, but so, you know, I, I was already kind of on the fence about Lightning Crashes. You know, I, I, I liked it, but it was overplayed. And then I met the uh, the woman who had become my wife and uh well first off she likely would have broken up with me if she found out that I actually owned more than one live album before we were several months into our relationship <laughs> uh but so do y'all know how uh you know back in back in the day they used to play like ridiculous metal songs for the uh in uh, the uh internees in Guantanamo to torture them that like they were so unused to American culture that they would just be like I like attack them with you know guns and roses and Metallica to make them talk or what the fuck ever. Well that's if if my wife had been sent to Guantanamo for whatever reason and the government were going to try to torture her, lightning crashes would be the song they would play over and over and over again because my God she hates that song <laughs> 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 and like that loathing i can't separate it from the song anymore it's I, I i i don't know what it is but so many other live songs i actually you know really like and really enjoy uh and man i guess i wish i were able to vote for a better radiohead song than creep because uh i don't know um I, I, would, I would much rather vote for High and Dry or Paranoid Android or Fake Plastic Trees. But you know what? I think uh, just because of the fact that my wife is, in fact, so fucking special, I'm going to have to go with Creep.
0: <laughs> and with that vote, we are back to a tie. 1-1 one, one each for Lightning Crashes and Creep. So let's see how it's going to get broken up. Leah.
3: Well, fun fact, if I was at Guantanamo Bay Detention Center, um, they would be playing Radiohead's Creep to torture me because I hate that song. Um, I've never understood why it's so beloved. I've been to several concerts where the bands have covered Creep and every time I have to look it up because I'm like, I hate this song. What song is it? And then I look it up on my phone and I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's that stupid song Creep again. And I hate it so much. Um, Lightning Crashes is actually one of my favorites on this entire bracket, and I need to give it some love now, um, just in case it's not gonna be here moving forward, but maybe, maybe not, who knows, um, it's actually used a lot in TV shows, which I think is why I, I like it so much, um, and for some reason I always think of One Tree Hill, I know none of you on this list probably, um, have ever watched Winter Hill, but they play it, like, at a very pivotal moment at the end of season four. It's all very emotional, like, one of the characters, like, is going into labor, um, you know, at graduation, you know, of course, because that's what happens, and another one is turning themselves into the police for murdering his brother, because, of course, that happens, um, and it, this is playing in the background as all these, like, really emotional, like, spectrum things are happening, um, and I just feel like that song crashes just encapsulates so many emotions, and I just... I don't know. Every time it comes on, I just love it so much. So it's definitely a much better song than the torture song of Creep. So yeah, I'm going with Lightning Crashes.
0: And with that vote, Lightning Crashes takes the 2-1 lead and we go to Sarah.
5: I'm a little... You guys have all made compelling arguments. Uh, I had marked... Lightning crashes actually when the list came out I saw the list and I was like I don't even know what that song is Um, and then I heard the song and then I was like obviously I know what song that was Uh, again I I think it does it's falling into the category of song versus band Um, so I have to I just like lightning crashes it's it's a little more catchy Um, not yeah I don't, I've,
0: I've just got to go Lightning Crashes. So, Lightning Crashes picks up its third and clinching vote. But uh, to see if someone's got something to bitch about it, uh, let's see what Mike's got to say.
4: Uh, no, no, no bitching for me, actually. Uh, this one was a tough one for me. I'm really glad that I don't... Uh, Ultimately, have to make this decision. I'm glad that I'm going to be able to talk more about live the band and lightning crashes the song in the next round because it allows me right here to focus on my creep story, which I was. It, it, this worked out great because if I'd gone earlier, I probably wouldn't wouldn't have told my creep story because it's long and I wouldn't want it to you know belabor points and whatnot. But there I was. This is going to sound like really cheesy and, and stupid to probably adult people. But to a 17-year-old who feels who who always felt like, you know, weird, uh, this this was a kind of a transcendent moment for me. There I was, and I had gotten dragged to. I was 17 years old, and I had gotten dragged by a friend of mine to like to go to our high school talent show. I'm like, okay, I know a couple people in the high school talent show. Whatever, I'll d- I'll do that. That's fine. And intermission comes around, and I'm just sitting there and I'm hanging out, whatever. And creep. Starts playing over the loudspeaker. Obviously, the the unfortunately edited version where where she's very special and not fucking special. But I, of course, was singing along with it, and I was and I sang fucking special because that's how I am. Um, and I'm singing this song like kind of just quietly to myself, like I'm a creep. And it gradually dawns on me in this song about feeling like a creep, feeling weird, feeling alienated. It gradually dawns on me. Half of the auditorium, if not more, is currently singing this song about feeling weird and out of place and all that to themselves, like quietly. And it kind, it never quite reached a, a crescendo because that would have seemed inappropriate. But it, that was a—that was a little bit of a moment for me where it was just like a lot of people don't feel like they belong here, and yet. St- It was this unifying sort of thing that was very cool. Um, So that said, I did really struggle with this. Uh, I think Radiohead, in terms of... uh, Radiohead's obviously gone on to a lot more relevance. I think that uh, they have had much better songs, much better albums in the 90s. Uh, Pablo Honey was not their best. Um, I'm torn between whether uh, The Benz or OK Computer is their best. They're both phenomenal albums. Uh, my vote would have been to creep for that, you know, for that reason. And because I think it's just a little bit more iconic overall, I cannot complain that live is moving on. Uh, and so I'll talk about it more in the next round.
0: I'm reasonably certain that that was a vote for creep, but, uh, either way, lightning crashes will be moving on to your round of 32. Which takes us to the final matchup of this region of your round of 64, the number two seed Everlong by the Foo Fighters versus your number 15 seed, better than Ezra's Good, and we'll be getting this final match with Jeff.
1: I really wish that, desperately wanting instead of good was was in this position. Because that would have made this decision a hell of a lot harder. Uh, But also because that's a great song and I can listen to it all day. And unfortunately, it's not the song on that line. Uh, Good is a good song. Uh, Everlong is a song that I, anytime it comes on, I cannot resist turning whatever piece of media that that song is on up to 11 and singing my goddamn lungs out because it's just such a a wonderful song I, i i love it so much uh so everlong gets my enthusiastic vote here
0: everlong picks up one enthusiastic vote Let's see both the uh, level of interest and which way the vote goes with Leah.
3: Well, Times Like These is actually my favorite Foo Fighters song, but it's not on the list. <laughs> um, and it's also not very alternative. Well, I guess it could be kind of alternative-y. Um, but I doesn't matter what Foo Fighters song is on here. I love Dave Grohl so much. Like, I have a weird talent crush on that man. So although I would say that... Um, This song is better than good on this list. Um, My vote is actually for the band Foo Fighters um, as opposed to the actual songs. But yeah, it doesn't matter. Everlong, Foo Fighters, whoever it is, that's who's getting my vote. Move it on.
0: Picking up its second vote is Everlong slash the Foo Fighters, depending on who you're voting for actually there. Sarah, who are you voting for actually there?
5: Foo Fighters is gonna move on. I am a big Foo Fighters fan, and kind of like Leah said, it's not my favorite, but I will probably vote for any Foo Fighters song. Um, I love what Leah did with the little word play when you said "better than good." I hope you did that on purpose. Um, better than Ezra. It was. It just kind of reminded me a lot of songs that came out in the nineties that kind of had that same tempo. The same tune. It's one that could be put in a box of fifty, and it'd be hard to pick it out for me. So, I'm going Foo Fighters.
0: And with that vote, the Foo goes through, but we still want to see what the rest of our panelists are saying. Mike, what do you have to say?
4: Uh so be- better than Ezra is kind of one of those. I don't know if I don't know if forgotten bands is the right word, but they were they were one of those second tier. 90s alternative bands they were ubiquitous on the radio so many of their songs especially in the latter half of the 90s like you just heard them all the time uh good most of all but jeff mentioned desperately wanting king of new orleans um in the blood rosalia like they had a lot of really good mid-level alternative songs that were super super pleasant You, you dug them but you didn't like they weren't transcendent and Foo Fighters' "Everlong" is a song that is—it's I, I, one of those songs that I feel weird about because I feel like I spent a long time underrating how amazing that song is. Uh, it, I, "Everlong" is just a phenomenal song. Uh, we'll talk about more about it later. Uh, Better Nezra, uh, you just—this was a tough matchup for you. You just never stood a chance. Uh, Foo Fighters, moving on. And indeed, the Foo Fighters are moving on, but we would be remiss if we didn't
0: let Chris have the last word tonight.
2: No, I think Mike's right. This is a, unfortunately just really bad seating, or un, not bad seating, because Mike did a good job putting this bracket together for the most part, but unfortunate seating. Uh, better Than Ezra's actually a, a pretty good band. I actually enjoy a lot of the stuff that they do, and I I do like the song good. Um, Everlong's the better song. Everlong has a lot more staying power, and... We'll talk about this later, but I want to go back and I would encourage you, if you have not done this so far, go back and look at Dave Gold's reasoning for writing Everlong. It's actually really sweet and really romantic. Uh, I I like Everlong, and I love Good, and I really love. I really love Everlong, though. I, it's it's Everlong for me.
0: And with that vote, Everlong picks up the five nothing sweep, and we've completed our first region of the round of 64 to recap moving on to the round of 32 we have nirvana smells like teen spirit which will be going up against the stone temple pilots interstate love song sound gardens black hole sun which will be moving on to fight the cranberries zombie pearl jams jeremy will be facing smashing pumpkins 1979 lightning crashes by live will be taking on everlong by the foo fighters for Boozy Bracketology, I have been your host this evening. My name is Stephen. I'm Chris.
3: I'm
5: Leah.
0: I'm Mike. I'm Jeff.
5: And I'm Sarah.
0: And that went pretty smooth for the first time, Jeff. Well done.
1: <laughs> <laughs> thank you for joining us tonight. Chris was pointing his uh, finger at me there. so <laughs> Yeah,
0: Chris, Chris doesn't understand how Skype works yet. But uh, thank you for joining us tonight, and we will see you next time for the next region of our 90s alternative rock bracket here on Boozy Bracketology.